What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Interviews with Chris. This is your host, Chris Tryon. Where do I even begin? I guess just saying, hello, hello, is anyone out there? No, but really, I hope everyone is doing well, whoever is out there. I feel like I keep saying it, but these are some strange times. Times that I think have made us all question everything. These are some tough times, so give yourself some credit for even those small accomplishments during the day. One topic that comes across on this episode is vulnerability. Just opening up yourself to talking about the painful and hard aspects of life. As a host, I feel like it's something I personally don't talk too much about, but I feel it's a little obligatory to let my listeners know how I'm doing. And I've been doing all right. It's been a wild ride. I feel like certain aspects of my life have imploded, but at the same time, beauty is blooming all around me, and I just want to say I'm grateful for my friends and family, so take care of yourselves and take care of the ones you love. But enough about me, if you're tuning in, more than likely it's to get your fill on what my buddy Tristan Jemsick from Dog Breath is up to. He's been through some adventures throughout the years, and he tells me all about them. Of course, we talk about rock and roll. That's a given. And the Phoenix Suns, hey, that's another given. But we get deep. Like when you're eating some ice cream and you think you're just going to have a few scoops, but you go deep, like mega deep, and you just finish off the entire pint. haagen if you need some ad space, just let me know. I'm your guy. No, but really, hook me up. I do sound like a cyborg, In some segments, my intern just isn't cutting it. And he's done a great job on all of the other episodes, but he had to go. He just had to. Just kidding. I don't have an intern. I don't have an editor. I do it all. No idea what happened, but I had to manage. Digital bad luck, who knows? But I had an absolute blast catching up with Tristan. We talked touring, basketball, Garfield, Craigslist purchases gone wrong, eating tacos, and so much more. Here's my conversation with Tristan. Enjoy. Hey, Tristan. What's going on, man? Hey, how's it going, Chris? Doing awesome. I'm just so glad to have you on the show. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Been a wonderful day so far. And uh, yeah. how's your day been? Oh, it's been all right. Yeah, you know, it's been okay. I uh, Let's see. Started out kind of slow. Um, had kind of a headache all day. 
but it just kind of went away. Um, I, I finally took some, uh, some headache pills, you know? Um, but, uh, I have this, um, this like tooth that's kind of like giving me some problems. I think it's, I don't really know what's going on, but it's, it's a sore molar and it, uh, I, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night because it was hurting so bad. And, and so I, I, uh, looked at WebMD and I think I have, well, I, I won't go into detail, but you know, WebMD always kind of freaks you out. Yeah, so. definitely. You don't, you don't want to jump the gun there, right? Yeah. But um, anyway, so. But you shoot any hoops today? Didn't shoot any hoops. No. Um, let's see. I'm on like my third cup of coffee. I uh, I don't know. It's a beautiful day here in Tucson, though. It's it's cloudy. It's like starting to kind of maybe rain a little bit. There's a nice little breeze. Um, and this is the first overcast day in what feels like months here. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I mean, right I'm very close to you. Yeah. Um, um we're Just definitely going to get, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're definitely going to kind of talk about your time in Phoenix and cool. going up to Seattle and going uh -huh. back to Tucson, but yeah, getting a little cooler here. Yeah. So it definitely is a nice no refreshing touch but sure last is. time we saw each other we were eating tacos at a spot called tnt tacos up in seattle that's right yeah. it was amazing i'm already salivating um, oh, here man. but you're I now in tucson <laughs> so yeah definitely uh -huh. a big change back to the desert back um, to the how's desert. tucson treating back you to the sonoran oh it's treating me great yeah i love it here um yeah moved back to tucson here and um uh, Let's see, January. Yeah, early January. Um, and uh, Time flies. It sure does, yeah. Um, you know, it was kind of a funny time to move. Like I got here and only, re only really had a few months, um, you know, before the pandemic hit and everything kind of shut down. So, uh, but yeah, I, you know, uh, let's see. Uh, it's funny because I totally just jogged my memory. The last time we saw each other was not in Seattle. I actually did see you in Tucson oh, briefly because right. I played yeah. a show uh -huh. at that co-op. Very, yeah. um, it was a you know a brief night of you know interacting right. and we talked there. Yeah. But I guess I, I was just so dialed in on those tacos. Um, oh, totally right. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was one of my last shows that I went to. I was trying to think of that the other day. Like, what was the last show I went to? before the pandemic and that might have been it i'm not sure yeah february like was one late, of the fe late february shows. yeah you know uh -huh. until obviously the pandemic hit and yeah. covid19 and yeah. everything has has occurred since then you know obviously right. live music's been kind of put on yeah. a halt but yeah sorry about that i was just like okay i have to oh, just yeah. mention that it That's wasn't the last time that we saw each other right. yeah um yeah i'm sorry i didn't catch that but yeah y'all were great that night I appreciate it. I, but <laughs> Yeah. I, I got the seven inch, you know, and if any of your listeners out there, you know, if you didn't know, besides having a great podcast, Chris is in a great band <laughs> called Lone Control. You should check it out. Hey, I appreciate that. that oh, yeah. I did not pay Tristan uh, to say that <laughs> as a heads up, everybody. But um, back to the desert. Right. Um, yeah. um, how, how I know you were kind of saying it was kind of, I don't want to say a funny time to kind of get mm -hmm. to move back, but how was the move because it is a a large it's a far away definitely yeah yeah um it was really fun 
Um, I drove down um, with my girlfriend, Frankie, who moved to Tucson from Flagstaff. Yeah, she flew up to Seattle, and then we loaded all my stuff in my old uh, 1990 Ford Aerostar Eddie Bauer edition van, which <laughs> Love I, it. I'm sad to say has since, um, you know, moved on to, uh, you know, van heaven. But it, the, it made it to Tucson. Big road in the sky. Yeah, it sure did. Yeah, we took, uh, I think, about a week driving down. Um, you know, spent a lot of time driving through Northern California and, uh, it was a great time. Uh, that's lovely. Yeah. 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 It was really nice. Um, let's see, you know, got to see friends along the way. Yeah, it was lovely. Yeah. Well, definitely on those long ventures, you know, you definitely have some lovely, how can I say it? Landscapes, just geography, just um, a lot of America to travel through. But even uh, during your time in Seattle, I have to ask, how did you enjoy Seattle? Um, you were up there for close to four years, right? Yeah, it was almost four years exactly because I moved there in February. Um, I loved it. You know, I love Seattle. Um, I feel like uh, just so much happened in my life up there um just you know kind of went through a lot of um good times and bad times it's when i think about it it's hard to believe that i was only there for four years because it it you know it carried so much weight in yeah your life, it's I'm like sure, how did all there. of that like happen in, in just four years it seems like it was a lifetime you know well even when i was up there just kind of catching up i just i feel like you know, both of us, a lot had passed, mm -hmm. even though, you know, we typically will see each other about annually or every yeah. year and a half, just kind of crossing paths right. through music. Yeah. But just on the, the personal side of just living, mm -hmm. it definitely has a lot of like heaviness to it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's the word or maybe just a lot, I don't want to say like concentration of memories, but mm -hmm. just I feel that's at least for me, you know, moving away from my hometown and experiencing something else, mm -hmm. I feel like there's a more of that concentration of memories and adventure. And maybe that's yeah. maybe something that happened with you as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you know, the Northwest in general is such a beautiful place. And I'm so, like, grateful for my time there and, you know, the community of people that I got to interact with there and still have such a place for in my heart um and i'll always think of it as a second home up there but yeah i just you know i ultimately just really missed the sonoran desert um yeah you know, no, we kind of talked yeah. about that yeah too. I'm, i i feel like you would have liked seattle even more you know what i'm willing to bet if the seattle supersonics were still there <laughs> you would you would be there <laughs> it's possible it's possible yeah <laughs> No, I, yeah, I know we kind of touched on it briefly, but your return to the desert, you told me it was kind of like time to return back. You know, you felt in your heart it was a yeah, mm -hmm. a good time yeah. to move back, not to obviously pry into, like I had said before, we started rolling into the vault of your sure. mind or heart. Was <laughs> yeah. there anything that kind of tipped the scales per se, um, um, you know, kind of moving back to the desert? Yeah, um, I remember having one kind of, specific moment where I was 
sitting on the front porch of uh, Magic Lanes, which was the name of the house that I spent most of my time in Seattle. And um, I don't know, I was just kind of feeling, um, just kind of going through a lot, you know, emotionally. And I just sat out there and I just kind of meditated and it was a very still morning. And I was just like thinking about just kind of what to do next. And when I thought about coming to Arizona and Tucson, it just, in that moment, felt just very right. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Just just kind of like a moment that you can only kind of get from, like, you know, taking some time to meditate, you know. Yeah, there's those um, moments where yeah. you just feel in your heart that that's what needs to be done. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Hey, well. And then here I, I am. Mean, yeah, um, and I want to say, um, selfish me, because now you're even closer to me. Yeah. So hopefully, <laughs> I'm Hell sure yeah. we'll, uh, you know, hang out and cross paths soon. I know that uh, sure the world so. has been a very interesting and, you know, wild place. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but no, I'm, I'm glad to, to hear that you made it back. And um, obviously, we hung out briefly, you know, in Tucson. But hey, what we're going to do is we're going to start talking about music here okay great you ready for it i love music (laughs) wonderful so (laughs) your most recent album ever loving was Mm -hmm. released during your time in seattle but every album before that was in phoenix you recorded in a studio called the unknown in anna cortez island from what i've read Uh it's a church right so typically yeah or or it used to be i think yeah no yeah yeah it used to be uh like an old catholic church um, but Anacortes isn't an island. It's it's like a port town Ooh. in Washington. Thank you for telling me. Yeah, it, it's um, it's kind of where you uh, hop on the ferry to go to the uh, San Juan Islands. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. got it. I think I just googled because I um, the last time I was in Seattle, this is gonna crush me. I forgot what <laughs> little town I went to um, on a ferry. It's Uh-oh. funny. I just from um, was it in the San Juans? Was it like Orcas Island or? No, 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 um, no. This is going to crush me. We're going to, be- no, it wasn't that far as far oh, as north. Okay. It was a, it was huh. a pretty close destination. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm going to dial back my memory here and I'll yeah. tell you a little bit more about it. But yeah, from what I saw, it was a, a really unique place. And that was probably, I think, the most time you had spent in a studio recording an album, right? It was, or at least all at one time, for sure. Yeah, we spent five days there and, um, you know, camped out there on the floor it was really special. Um, my spot, I, I was sleeping on a old mattress that was next to one of the old confessional booths, um, which was still in there. That was really cool and kind of spooky. Um, you get any yeah. sort of spooky vibes while, uh, like sleeping there? Overnight? Um, no, not me. I, uh, I am pretty good at just kind of sleeping through most anything. But let's see, I can't remember if anyone else in the band had a spooky experience there or not. But uh, no, yeah, it was a, it's such a beautiful studio. Yeah, and just such a unique location and Mm -hmm. a spot as far as from what I was reading. Yeah. Because even then, I've... It's kind of funny, yeah. I actually have recorded an old an old church way back in the day, but oh, cool. you know the drum sounds, just everything, you know, natural verb, and yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was just a just a complete. I don't say completely different environment than obviously other studios, but it's not every day that you're recording at a 
ex-church um, yeah, in totally. a beautiful location like that. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I love all the sounds that you got on the album and I love the album overall. It wasn't any sort of extreme departure from any of the earlier Dog Breath material. It stayed true to your sound, but I really, I really, really enjoyed it. So yeah, I just was hoping you'd be able to kind of touch on your time recording on there. Yeah, yeah. So we, let's see, we rented it out for, you know, five days and we, we brought in our friend Mike Dietrio to engineer it, which was super fun. Um, really love their, their work. And uh, yeah, you know, so it, it was kind of like, just, we were all kind of like discovering the studio for the first time. It was, it was Mike's first time recording there too. So we were all just kind of like, just having a nice time, just you know, like firing up all the old gear and just like seeing what we could do with it. We, um, we tracked the, uh, drums and the bass live to like two inch tape. And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then we did, um, guitars and everything else on Pro Tools. Uh, Tools, Yeah. Yeah. Separate. Um, we didn't do vocals there. We did vocals, um, at Mike's uh, home studio, Turtle Church. And then we did a little, like some overdubs at my house, Magic Lanes as well. So it wasn't all done at, at Anacortes, but like the um, most of the instrumentals were were done there. Um, yeah, the um, the rhythm section, rhythm and section, art. and then the guitars. We had a really fun time. Like we um, kind of like rigged up like a like a wall of amps for guitar. Like um, each guitar part went through like three or four, maybe even five different amps all kind of dialed in differently. Um, so we just had like all sorts of different sounds to choose from. Which, well, which Definitely sonically, yeah. I hear a lot of layering in a wonderful way. Yeah, you know? yeah, a lot of layering. Yeah, which in retrospect, I, you know, if I were to do it again, I, I would probably cut down on that a little bit because it, it was almost like, you know, the burden of just having too much to choose from. There, uh, yeah, mixing, that's a, it was kind that's of a like, good... how do we make this not sound like <laughs> a total mess? And that's like totally to uh, Mike's credit. Well, it it sounds kind of absolutely like, amazing. It isn't like layering like, oh, like Billy Corgan laying 20 guitars or something. It still <laughs> sounds super cool. Yeah. But I think exactly kind of how you were saying when you ha- add more variables to the equation, yeah. um, at least in my mind, I'm like, is this good or right. do I need to eliminate that? Or maybe do it. Do I need to double that again? Triple that? Yeah. Triple that? Yeah. So, so the more variables, but no, I, yeah. I absolutely loved it. I mean, like tracks like heat Island. Yeah. I mean, they showed such a unique mixture of like layering or even just a, like the panning on the vocals. I don't know if that was specifically on that, on that one, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, hearing the piano on there, I think, oh, yeah. uh-huh. uh, think yeah. I'm funny. Right. If I'm not mistaken, does that have a, like a VCR tape on there? Sure. Or, like, what oh, the- well, the, yeah, the record opens with uh, the sound of a VCR. Um, Got it. Okay. In, because yeah. at the end of think I'm funny, I hear a little click at the end and like a little button. I don't know. If yeah. Or I don't, I'm not sure which button you're clicking. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that might be the VCR. I don't know. We had some fun making like some sound collages at my house um, that we kind of just interspersed throughout the the record kind of as interludes or to kind of come in like as songs fade in and out. I really love, you know, when records feel like, you know, like, um, it's not just a collection of songs. It's it's just kind of like a, I don't know, like a 
like its own thing, you know, with, with like timepiece. Yeah. I don't know, just yeah, as well, far as... well, but like interludes and like fun little like ear, sure. ear candy yeah. moments, or you know, like weird like panning or layering or you know things like that. So throw in a track that has nothing to do with anything at all, or yeah, yeah. Like I recorded the sound of a burning dollar that is in there somewhere. <laughs> I love that. I forget I... exactly where it is on the record, but you can hear a dollar burning. That um, is amazing. <laughs> That, that yeah, that's the you next know. album cover just the front <laughs> with a burning dollar <laughs> that's yeah. I, I had no idea i mean i even on um on that kxp interview if i'm not mistaken there was some sort of contraption like some sort of like oh yeah reverb uh-huh. plate like huge reverb plate i don't even remember exactly what it was but something mm-hmm. that was unique to the studio and and the recording yeah. engineers like yeah this this sounds like garbage and you guys are like nah this is awesome yeah yeah so that was a uh, a big like plate reverb contraption that was built by um carl blau who is a like a really amazing musician if uh y'all aren't familiar you should check out carl's stuff he's been making records for uh probably close to 20 years like um very prolific um but anyway yeah he let's see my friend's band your heartbreaks had just recorded at the unknown like a few weeks um before we did and carl had built that um for your heartbreaks to use on their record and if I am remembering this right, Clyde from Your Heartbreaks told me that they didn't end up using it because it, it sounds kind of weird. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we, let's see, how, how do we do it? We, we plugged like, like a, guitar, a guitar. Like how big was this plate? I feel oh, like it was okay. so it's, like enormous. Yeah, yeah. So how can I describe this? It's like, um, it's it probably 10 to 15 feet tall. It's like a, wow. wood, it's like a wooden frame. Um, that it, it looks like it's kind of made like it looks like Carl just hammered together just like just random branches he found somewhere like in the woods. Was this it ever looks very... in, in, as an art piece somewhere? I mean, that's I how don't know. I, feel like I don't it know. Should be. <laughs> yeah, I just liked imagining Carl building this like in his garage at like three in the morning. It has like you know like this giant piece of like copper plate hanging from this frame. Um, with like a couple contact mics attached to it or something like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, let's see, uh, that combined with like some kind of overdrive pedal is the lead sound on, let's see, the third track on the record. Um, what's it called? I forget what it's called, but yeah, it's the third track. <laughs> anyway, well, I'm gonna pay attention. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, program. yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah, I love the unknown. It, you know, I, I I can't recommend it enough. If you're in a band or you, you know you, you want to make a uh, a record, it's definitely uh, a special place to make a rock record or really any sort of record. So hey. Well, <laughs> album sounds great. Thank you. And I love all dog breath albums. I'm a breath head for life. I'm personally a huge sucker for sentimental health because I feel that's when I got to know you the best. And that's yeah. when I feel our paths kind of crossed the mm-hmm. most. And when I truly got to know you and the dog breath crew during that version of the breath head yeah, generation. Totally. Um, but our 
dog breath fans referred as breath heads? Um, yeah, that, that's how I like to refer to them. I love um, it. You <laughs> could use breath head generation too. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. But, you know, during your time in Seattle, mm-hmm. you also ended up playing second guitar for legendary drone metal group Earth. Yeah. How did that all come about? Yeah, so that came about. Um, so uh, my friend uh, Kenneth Bukarski of uh, Slash Tires. That's is that a band? Yeah, yeah, that's Kenneth's band. Um, I mean, that also serves as a great tire band. shop. Yeah, right. Yeah, if you ever want to check out Slash Tires as well, I just want to plug, <laughs> plug everybody. Um, so Kenneth is uh, friends with uh, D- uh, Dylan and Adrian of Earth. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, Dylan needed, um, someone to be like a tour driver for a solo tour, um, a couple summers ago, Dylan put out a, uh, solo record and did like a cross country tour and Kenneth recommended me, um, to him, um, to be his driver and, uh, you know, at that time I was kind of in just, I was in the process of, of, uh, like dealing with just a really brutal breakup. And I was just kind of like very, very depressed. And, um, you know, when Dylan reached out to me and asked if I would want to do that, um, it just seemed like, yeah, let's, you know, like, get back um, on the road back, i mean that's yeah let's get on the road and it's just like and, and i had been like a big fan of of earths before you know um so nathan actually nathan leach who played drums on sentimental health who was in that, that version yeah, of the band that you you mentioned when we kind of were um first meeting you um nathan um was actually how i first uh heard earth nathan uh, played a few of their records on on tour, you know, the tour van. So, um, yeah, I, I, I sat down with Dylan for coffee and, um, just kind of got to know each other a little bit and we hit it off right away. Um, so he was like, this is what you cannot play on the radio. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah. So we, you know, um, hopped in, uh, Kenneth's, uh, Toyota Sienna and it was, uh, just the two of us for part of the drive. And then, um, his, his wife at the time, Holly joined us for the rest of it. It was about a month, month and a half. I want to say, okay. So it was a full country, a full U S tour. Um, and yeah, just on the road, you know, we just became fast friends. Um, you know, we just kind of bonded over just, you know, rock music and guitar pedals and, regional fast food and grits and <laughs> you know southern food and uh let's see yeah um what was your favorite spot to eat at on the road uh yours and dylan's mm, if you needed to get something to eat let's see um we're both big waffle house uh, waffle house fans I'm um, awful house yeah <laughs> definitely yeah it, um it, it was fun because you know in the past like it could kind of be like a polarizing dining choice for people on like dog breath tours and stuff but i you know i could eat it every day and uh so could dylan so yeah 
we had a lot of fun just like talking about grits and uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, Dylan is very passionate about grits. And um, from what I hear is, has got it pretty dialed in in terms of like making grits at home. Have you ever so had his grits? I haven't had his grits yet, but uh, you know, he, uh, he, he says he, uh, you know, he makes a, uh, Oh yeah. He has a story. Like I think someone, he was talking to someone at a waffle house years ago and they gave him like a giant bag of grits or something. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember, but something like that. Um, but yeah, so um, let's see like a few months after that tour, um, Dylan was doing kind of like a one-off um, concert in Seattle. That was, um, uh, he was playing music kind of inspired by Miles Davis. Okay. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. Was that a, kind of like a spontaneous jam or was he? It was an somehow... improv set. Yeah. And, and, and he asked if I would sit in with him. Um, and Adrian from earth ended up playing drums too. So it was, it was the three of us and we had, I think one kind of rehearsal to just see how it would feel. And, um, it was just, yeah, super fun. It just, you know, just kind of clicked right away. And, uh, you know, I was super nervous. Um, but uh, the show went pretty well. Um, and later that night, they asked if I would want to play with Earth. And, I, it, it, yeah, it was really exciting. Sure, it was kind of like jarring and flooring. Like, yeah, it was. Whoa. Yeah. It, it was a huge honor. It um, And... Uh, yeah, so much fun. I got to go on two two tours with them, uh, like a full U.S. tour and then a European tour. And yeah, I was definitely going to ask about that. Even, yeah. Yeah, because even when you were mentioning how when you were first exposed to Earth's music, obviously the earliest Earth material is you know, more doomy, droney, mm -hmm. but even some albums like phase three thrones and dominions there's yeah. this opening track called harvey yeah and i i mean i feel like even that has like a dog breath vibe i feel like if dog breath went oh, back to 1990 <laughs> early i don't know like back in time or something I feel like this kid this is totally jiving together obviously earth having more gain and you sure. know being heavier in certain aspects obviously dog breath has you know some heavier like rock heavier rock and jams you know but um by no means like i'm gonna be like we're gonna put dog breath on a drone metal playlist or something you know mm -hmm. but it, it was i was like wow this is really interesting because there are definitely some parts where i feel like uh, there's i don't even know where i'm kind of get going with this except that i could imagine like how you were saying when you jammed it it'd go well like you'd hit it off well yeah so, mm -hmm. but yeah i mean your touring experience i mean that that was i mean geez how how was that i mean you you did a, an international tour with them during their latest right. album full upon her burning lips yeah i'm so yeah please indulge me in all the and every cool cool story that you got on that because that's really that's really neat yeah um yeah it was obviously an incredible experience um let's see i um, it's kind of hard to say because I, um, during that time was going through just a lot personally. 
and emotionally, like I was very depressed. Um, and yeah, I maybe haven't like, I don't know. Um, I'm sure it's hard to juggle. Well, you know, yeah. Same time being yeah. Out. Like my time in Seattle, like was incredible, but it also like, you know, parts of it was like the, like the darkest times of my life in, in terms of my mental health. And, um, you know, th that kind of, um, was, um, that was, that was a dynamic that was going on like during those tours. Um, and so I, unfortunately, like wasn't able to be as present as I wanted to be, um, during those, you know, during well, I got to thank you for your being honest yeah, there because yeah. us being friends and always crossing paths on tour, the majority of the time seeing each other play or hanging out at a show, mm -hmm. it's with wide smiles and great vibes and everything going on. And sometimes, you know, everybody's go, going through their own thing, but thanks yeah. for, for kind of like bringing that up because I'm sure, hey, I, from what I understand, this was like your first international tour. Um, is that correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So first international tour in a critically acclaimed rock band. Yeah. Going through some things. You right. would think that a lot of people be like, oh, this is an experience of a lifetime. We're going to go full bore. Sure. You know, just everything's going to be at 100% on yeah. full, full joy, well, you know? So right. I got yeah. to say thank you for yeah. opening up, you know, because I'm sure it's not easy to do. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, it, uh, it, it was an experience of a lifetime, you know, like I don't want to seem like ungrateful or I didn't enjoy it. It, it. it was also very like, let's see, I just learned a lot. You know, it's a great learning experience. Even just, you know, performing on stage for, an hour and a half, you know, like, I'm like, I, I, I've toured a lot, but I've like, before playing in earth, I had never played, you know, like a 30, an hour and a half. like a 30 minute set <laughs> yeah. would seem like a really long set, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like, short like dog breath hey, or like any other bands that I've been in, you know, like 20 minutes, 25 minutes is like a good length, you know? Um, so like being in like the headlining band was, was definitely like, like a, cool experience. experience yeah um and uh you know i just was able to just grow a lot as a guitar player um you know just um learning how to um like play softer it, like even though earth is is you know like more dynamic a loud like, hey, band, we're gonna build but, this up we're gonna play, mm -hmm. we're gonna play yeah just with more softer. restraint playing with more restraint you know like more like and i was doing a lot of like leads along with like you know like strings that are like acting as like drones you know like they're like resonating like as i'm like playing leads as well so it it definitely pushed me as a guitar player well um, you crushed it i saw you at the rebel oh, lounge that's right. yeah, yeah. here in phoenix uh -huh. and yeah, i was like it was there's my boy tristan tearing <laughs> it up boom you know yeah it was amazing <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm so grateful for that experience well, obviously, I know it was um, a bit of a tough time being on that tour, but was there any sort of favorite place, whether it was playing mm -hmm. or maybe even just soaking up the sunshine or just being out out and about, yeah. you know, the streets of London or out in Paris? Was there any sort of place where you were just like, yeah. wow, you know, it can maybe kind of pulled you pulled you away from 
don't want to say the dark times, um, but you know, for even a, a small moment, was just like, wow, this is such a gorgeous place, type of thing. Yeah, um, there were a lot of places like that. I mean, pretty much everywhere I thought was gorgeous. Um, Berlin comes to mind uh, as kind of that for me. Like we had a day off there, um, or like kind of a, a rare day off where we were able to kind of stay in the town. Um, you know, the schedule's pretty jam-packed, you know. Um, either like a different city every night or on the, you know, days off, they're like travel days, you know, so. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, but yeah, Berlin, we were able to stay in Berlin and then spend a whole day there, I think the next day. And um, it was really cool because I had some friends there, like two different friends from Phoenix that live in Berlin now that actually like didn't Wonderful. know each other, you know, like two, <laughs> wow. like two like separate friends uh, that live there. And then, um, did they know each other? No, no. Yeah. They didn't know each other before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, maybe they, Hey, you, you, uh, created a friendship right there <laughs> for them. So. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, I, like another friend who I've met through like touring, you know, over the years is also living there. So, Got to see some friends, and it's just such a cool city. Um, yeah, like my friend uh, Chad is like part owner of this like really cool jazz bar. I wish I could think of the name of it right now, but um, got to go there and, and like you know hear some jazz and, and just hang out, and it was yeah really nice. Um, yeah, I love Berlin. Um, That's so see. cool. Yeah, Scotland was really cool. Um, just like seeing those like rolling green hills, you know, and with all the sheep and everything is exactly how I pictured it. It was really, really special. Yeah. Hey, well, um, I don't know if you're able to disclose this, but on the writer, did mm -hmm. you put gummy bears or did you put like pop tarts or something? Um, <laughs> uh, no, nothing too wild. You know, um, I think I, I, I added cold brew, cold brew coffee. Um, <laughs> Let's see, you know, we, we got like uh, a yogurt, um, let's see, cheese, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> nothing too, uh, nothing too wild, then. nothing too wild. Yeah. Hey, well, I love hearing that and I'm going to switch it up right now. Okay. Do you know where I'm going with this? Uh, I don't. Okay. Well, we're headed into random question territory. All right. Cool. These are some random questions that I have created from knowing you in the music world Love as it. a friend, just as a dog breath fan, and just as a person that just loves asking these types of questions. <laughs> are you ready for this, Tristan? I'm ready. Lay it on okay. me. <laughs> you knew this was coming and that we'd be talking a little basketball it's been a common theme in my podcasts and i've cool kind of got to break away from it but i've made an exception with you here great great um who would your all-star phoenix suns lineup be comprised of all right um so i gotta say i love 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 the current roster um, I they crushed it in the bubble. They crushed it in the bubble. You know, I um, I was able to watch every Suns game in the bubble. And, and if y'all aren't familiar with the bubble, you know, it's like the <laughs> the like the like enclosed campus that the NBA made in uh, Orlando, like you know, for the, the NBA restart. Um, but yeah, you know, they went in with us like a I think ESPN or 
gave them like a like a point one chance of making the playoffs or something like, like that. Like you know, like going in, they would have had to have like you know win almost every game, and then like other teams would have to like lose a certain amount of games or whatever. But they went in and they didn't lose. They went undefeated in the bubble, and unfortunately, like it, they gave everybody a run for the money. It came. They almost they almost made it. You know, like it, it came down to a Karis LeVert jump shot. You know, if the Brooklyn Nets had beat the the Blazers, the Blazers. That, that night, the Suns would have been in the playoffs. I think. Well, they would have made the play-in game. Yeah, and exactly. I, I know in my heart that they would the, not have lost that game. Yeah, because at one point it was a three-way between the Memphis Grizzlies, the Portland Blazers, and the yeah, and the Suns. Right, exactly. And, you know that that Nets. So. We were right there. And a deal breaker. Yeah, yeah it was brutal because like, it. they really couldn't have played better. So, yeah, and, and it, it's just a really likable team, I think. You know, I love Devin Booker. I love Kelly Oubre. I love Ricky Rubio. I love them all, you know? like Yeah, definitely good energy. Right down to the role vibes. players, you know? Like, I love Javon Carter. Um, I love uh, Cameron Payne, who um, just signed on recently. So... I uh, love this current team, but if I were to mix in um, some other kind of like all-time favorites, you know, I would definitely put Charles Barkley in there. I love Chuck so much; he's probably my all-time <laughs> favorite. Yeah, um, he's a you know, it, national treasure there. National treasure. Um, some of my earliest memories were watching, you know, the what was it, the, the '93 Finals with my grandparents, you know, the, the bulls and the Suns. that, you know, that team with Charles Barkley and Dan Marley, um, you know, Danny Ainge, uh, that team is what made me a, like a Suns fan, you know, I've been a Suns fan ever since. So yeah, Charles Barkley, you know, you got to have Steve Nash. Definitely. Um, Stoudemire. Boom. You, um, dude, you're reading my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those are, those oh. are definitely going to be some three for me. Ooh. I was thinking. Leandro like, Barbosa, the oh, Brazilian yes. blur. Love him. <laughs> Goran Dragic, who uh-huh. I just love so much and was really rooting for uh, there in the finals, you know, with the, uh, with the Heat. Yeah, I was really rooting for the Heat. I love Jimmy Butler. But yeah, so I guess, you know, the, you know, the current team plus, plus those I mentioned. Um, so. Hey, Sean Marion. I, I don't know. Yeah. Choices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, quick one here. Okay. That's going to be a basketball related here. Would you rather play a round of horse with Steve Nash or Charles Barkley? Oh boy. Charles Barkley. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I love it. And, yeah. um, not to detract from this answer, but weren't you a Steve Nash Dracula uh, for Halloween? <laughs> yeah. At one point? yeah. <laughs> Two years in a row. I put on my, um, <laughs> Steve Nash Jersey and a vampire cape and i was nash Ferratu. <laughs> i i love that and i saw the photos there and oh yeah um as a basketball fan as a phoenix suns fan it's kind of funny because as a vampire fan may- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly a vampire fan i think some people would think i'm maybe perhaps a traitor because the spurs and the suns are two of my favorite teams, you know, okay. um, being from Texas. I love the Spurs yeah, okay, and I love yeah. the Suns too. I'm um, curious. Yeah. So uh, like you grew up in El Paso. Yeah. Yeah, I did. So, so like, yeah, like El Paso, 
basketball fans do, do they mostly claim the spurs or because there's three everyone just, you know there's three texas teams <laughs> everyone just claims the cowboys um <laughs> the dallas cowboys so i i never saw any sort of uh, um you know grab i was about to say gravitation i'm not trying to sound super smart here um that people gravitating towards uh any sort of particular team. Okay. Uh, I mean, I like the maps too, but yeah. the Spurs were always the team. I, mm. I honestly just like Parker and Ginobili and Duncan. Um, Brutal. and Brutal. I'm a pop fan, a Popovich yeah. fan. So, yeah, but, I am now. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of like, a, you know, <laughs> like now that, I don't know, those days of like the Suns and the Spurs rivalry are like pretty in the past now, maybe it'll come back. <laughs> You know, now that yeah. I think the Suns are going to be relevant again, but definitely, I think they're gonna. I think the what's the word? Uh, the tide is going to turn here. Um, but um, yeah, so my hatred I'm for gonna... the Spurs has cooled. <laughs> I'm glad. Um, but here we're gonna step away from basketball. Okay. But I'm glad that we definitely talked about it. But yeah. one, what's one of your favorite sounds that excludes? like music or amps and instruments. To me, there's no sound more beautiful than a roaring amp tube <laughs> amp, but what's a sound that you love? Maybe eggs on a, on a pan burning <laughs> or a, a hot coffee pot or skipping stones. What's a, what's a, what's a sound that you love? That was a great question. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, probably um, rain. The rain's a yeah. beautiful one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I play rain on the roof. Probably my favorite. I, yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I mean rain, desert rain. I, I'm a big rain guy, and yeah. fortunately, we really haven't had any sort of rain at all this year. Yeah, it's it's trying to right now. Um, there were a few raindrops earlier today, but uh, yeah, I, I, I love that. I love you know the ocean sounds. You know, I love birds. Um, you have a favorite type of bird? I, I love a purring cat. Let's Ooh, see. Cat. I love a panting dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite bird? Let's see. I don't know. Um, you know, I I love just you, you know, your standard pigeon, honestly. Nice. Would you pick a pigeon or a penguin? Oh, probably penguin. Penguins <laughs> are really sweet. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, well, hopefully. Oh, this- road runners. Roadrunners are really cool. Oh, and quails. I'm a big quail fan. <laughs> I guess they're, I mean, I, I can't really think of any birds I don't like. Hey, well, you definitely picked out some Southwest uh, yeah. birds right there. And uh, hopefully our episode will spur on some sort of magic digital airwave energy and the rains will come soon for you. Oh, yeah. uh, here's one. In the words of Special Agent Dale Cooper mm-hmm. from a show we both love, yeah. which peaks, yeah. what makes a damn fine cup of coffee? Oh, for me, let's see. You want it to be strong. Um, you want it to be uh, not so strong that it's bitter. You know, like, I let's see. I like, personally, okay, my ideal cup of coffee is... A light roast, so you can taste the, you know, the flavor of the bean more so than the flavor of the the roast, um, and uh, just black. You know, I just love black coffee, black cold brew. 
Um, that's what I'm drinking right now, actually. I have some cold brew. I'm definitely less of a um, snob as I used to be. As long as it's strong, you know? Um, the only coffee I really just dislike is if it's just, like, you know, too weak and it's, like, you can, like, see through it, you know? It's, like, I don't know. Sugary melt. It's just sad. Air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, and I, and I don't like it too sweet either, like, with added sweeteners. I just want to, as long as it tastes like coffee, I think it's good. So, hey, just a freshly brewed Waffle House coffee. I'll take it, you know? Um, yeah. I wouldn't say that's my favorite, but I'll, I'll, I'll drink that. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so. Great. Well, here, kind of going back to music and yeah. something that we can definitely are on the same uh, playing field. I mean, actually, every question I've asked, we've been on the same playing field because we love all these things, basketball, Twin Peaks, music. Yeah coffee um but hey what are three pieces of your own personal gear you can't live without like i don't know i don't want to sound dramatic here. yeah like, it's gonna burn and you get three pieces of gear but no like let's say in a in a world where you could only well that's easy because i kind of only have three pieces of gear left i unfortunately like lost some stuff in the move um i had to sell some stuff which was tough and then i actually I, I lost kind of a precious piece of gear that I really haven't let myself process yet. I lost my like old big muff that I got on tour um, like seven years ago. Um, I, I had this, um, gosh, it was like a late seventies tone bypass big muff that I just loved. Um, I don't know where I lost it or, or I think it might've happened in Oakland but I'm not really sure. I'm but, sorry uh, to hear that. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's been tough. But uh, let's see. I would say my um, my black strat. I've been playing the same Stratocaster for um, I guess seven years, seven or eight years. Um, it used to belong to my friend Mike. It's a early '80s Squire strat. Um, it's like an 82. I think I looked up the, the serial number. Um, it's a SQ series for all you guitar nerds out there. Um, I just love it. And, and I've like tried other guitars and like um, played other guitars for a while. Then I always just go back to the Strat. It just always feels like, uh, as my friend Bill would say, just getting into a warm bath whenever I, I, I strap it back on. So, um, so I would say my Strat, um, my Rat Distortion pedal um, that I, I got at Haymaker Guitars in Phoenix, which is no longer there. Um, it's a, I think it's an early 90s Rat, Rat 2. Nice. Yeah, it's like, it has like the, you know, the special chip or whatever that they're supposed to have, which I don't really think makes a big difference, but. Yeah, it's like the LN. LN308N. <laughs> yeah. i was yeah. actually talking with um one of my previous episodes was with uh ryan of fuzz rocious pedals oh cool about rats uh, yeah pedals constantly I, and i can't believe i forgot the chip but i know exactly what you're talking about yeah the lm3 way then it's uh you know i don't know i love my rat but i don't want anyone to feel like they have to spend like an extra 50 bucks or whatever to get that kind of rat if you know, they're on a budget or something like the, the, I love that people that the new ones sound great too. Like 
Tyler from Diners. Um, you know, they have a newer rat. Uh, and, you know, it sounds amazing when they shred through that thing. So it's... You I, love, know, I love how we're talking about rats and for people that don't know what music... Oh, sure, right. It's a pedal, everybody. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's a distortion pedal. To me, it's the distortion pedal. I think it's great. I love the rat. Um, and then my Fender Super Reverb amplifier. That I totally synonymize um, you, Tristan, and an amp. That's, that's like a, a, a piece of synergy, you know? Like the, you're, you are one with the amp. Cool. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Reverb or something. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I feel know? that. I feel that. I Let's see. I had. Let's see, I, I, uh, Aaron, my friend Aaron and I drove to Yuma, Arizona to pick it up off of Craigslist. And we had quite the experience. Like we drove to Yuma. We, um, <laughs> you know, we got there in the evening. We like stayed the night in Yuma and, you know, in, like in contact with this Craigslist guy the whole time, you know, and then like, you know, texted him when we were like on our way, like 10 minutes away. We get there. And he had sold the amp um, oh, before we had gotten there. Oh. Um, because some other, yeah, like some other buyer had shown up and he was like, yeah, man, like I just had to take the cash, you know, you had cash in hand. Like, and we were just like, but we were like, you know, in contact with it. We like drove from Phoenix, you know, like we, we told you we were on our way. Um, and we were just like shocked and so upset and brokenhearted. And we, um, you know, started driving home just still in shock without the amp. And then like, you know, 20 minutes later he calls me and he's like, Hey man, I talked to my son and he was like, you know, that wasn't cool, dad. Like you should, <laughs> you know, that wasn't cool what you did. And so he actually, reached out to the person that he had sold it to and explained that he felt really bad and he wanted to buy it back from him so he could sell it to us to make it up because he felt so guilty about it because we were so upset and heartbroken. So we turned around and went back and picked it up. And um, it, it was so, yeah, it was so strange and surreal. Like, I remember thinking like, wow, this is like just my amp for life now, you know? So, and so far it has been. So. <laughs> wow. Well, I, that story, I mean, we've, man, we've had many Craigslist talks in our life yeah. <laughs> talking about acquiring gear. And if I had to drive out to Yuma, <laughs> they said, yeah. They, I, I, yeah, huh. I'm, I'm just glad it worked out. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> But um, hey, before we go into the random fan questions, I am going to steal a random fan question from someone else. Um, because they actually asked if you got your band name from the replacements. Oh, and yeah. you did not. I did not. Yeah. You weren't yet familiar with the replacements from right. what I've what you've told me. But I do have questions about the dog breath name and its beginnings because before dog breath, I've read it was Gilmore Girls mm-hmm. and. Uga Muga, Mr. Rogers. Yeah, Uga Muga, yeah. Uga Muga, thanks for clarifying that. I'm like, Uga Muga, Uga Muga. But were there any other names that you had ever considered? I mean, I love Dog Breath as a name. Honestly, it's like, uh, I love dogs. I love Dog Breath. I, it just, perfect. But when you were first starting, did you did you have any other band, main, uh, band names? Um, 
No, I don't think so. Yeah, it was just kind of, I was just calling my songwriting project Gilmore Girls. Um, and uh, I just wanted to change it because I just, I don't know, just didn't want to have like a pop culture reference as a band name. And, uh, you know, I think, let's see, we had, we were kind of like fostering this, this old pit bull at the time. And she had really bad breath, really bad dog breath. And, uh, I think, um, we had commented on that or something and that just kind of stuck into my, my head is like, Oh, that'd be a, like a cool band name. So just kind of went with that. And originally spelled it with the a you know it's like you know it's it uh i love it without the a. yeah i love it without the a too i changed it because let's see at the time you know there was last fm which i guess still exists i feel like maybe people don't use it as much maybe they do i don't really know but um i saw that there was like another band like some kind of like swedish band that was like a heavy like funk band or something and our songs would kind of get like i don't really know how last fm like worked but it, it kind of like aggregated the songs so it, it kind of like just mixed us together and i didn't want to be like confused for that band and <laughs> so i just i don't know just uh took a took the a out which made it more like megadeth um so <laughs> I, mean, I, I thought that was cool too i love megadeth so Hey, well, I'm glad it all worked out. Yeah. And, um, a last kind of little addition to this story here. Let's say you decide, you know what? I'm going to take out the breath. Would you rather have Dog Walk or Dog Drool as your band name? <laughs> um, probably Dog Walk. I like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, but Dog Breath was definitely the way to go. So yeah. enough with my questions. Okay. Got the random fan questions here. Right on. Anonymous fan asks, "What's your most valuable VHS?" <laughs> well, uh, up until recently, it was my copy of Brink, the Disney Channel original movie about the rollerblading kids. Um, I say up until recently because since Disney Plus came along, it's like it, you know. Uh, it just dropped the value, it just plummeted. So Brink, like before Disney Plus, they would sell for like a hundred bucks, hundred fifty wow. bucks on eBay, because those um, Disney Channel originals never got uh, a DVD release. I also have my Date with the President's Daughter, which also was pretty up there. Brink, I, I think, has had or has the the most like cult following of any of those. So that's why it was the most valuable. Um, so now I don't know what it would be. Um, I, I have some, you know, I definitely have some cool, some cool tapes that I'm really proud of. I'm actually working on a, like a project that involves my tape collection. I have, well, I think a little over 400 VHS right now. Um, wow. so yeah, it's hundred. 400. Yeah. It's honestly like, that's most of what was in my Aerostar in, in the move from Seattle to here. Um, you know, it's kind of a silly thing to collect, especially when you have to move all the time. 
I mean, <laughs> so, wow. I mean, that, that's, uh, that is impressive. <laughs> I, I only own five VHS tapes. Oh. They are, um, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, uh-huh. Reservoir Dogs, uh-huh. um, Sideways, uh-huh. Alien, nice. Odyssey. Um, oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, right. And, uh, it's funny because I used to have way more, mm-hmm. but I think I, I had a VHS player and our mutual friend, MJ, MJ Melby, mm-hmm. he uh, right. went to Goodwill. He's like, dude, I always noticed you had a, a VHS player. And I just got you these five tapes, and those five tapes have stuck with me for like ten years. Nice, uh, um, so yeah. Um, I used to have a bunch of other ones, but hey, I am really glad that this person asked this question. <laughs> Four hundred tapes—that is something yeah. to marvel at. Next one here, Jesse Minus asks: At what age does puppy breath turn to dog breath, and why <laughs> is puppy breath so much better? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um... What age? I mean, I guess when does a puppy stop being a puppy? Like six, like a year, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends on the dog. Year, you know, maybe. I don't know. Some dogs are are perma pups. You know, they're always puppies. Um, but the breath, you know, starts to sour. I mean, I'm sure it varies, you know, by the dog and what and like you know its diet, whether or not it likes you know it like eats like cat shit like our dogs do sometimes <laughs> but um i don't know i'll say six months good i like that <laughs> well jesse six months um next question here tyler broderick from diners right. someone you've collaborated with in the past and yeah. has actually played in dog, dog breath, breath. Uh-huh. And, um he had so many great questions i wish i could ask them all but here are a couple i really like okay. he said What's he asked? What's your favorite riff that you've written, and what's your favorite lyric you've written? Oh, that's a. Well, those are good. Let's see. Um, favorite riff that I've written. Um, oh boy, let's see. I like the cups and rap, uh, cups and rappers riff. Um, just because I feel like that was kind of like the first good like guitar harmony. Um, was that the one you like, did on trial session? On, oh yeah, yeah, we did a trial session of Cups and Rappers. Yeah, um, dude, dude, you're tapping into my my brain here. I was actually watching the YouTube video and I was playing along. I was like, I, I'm, oh, cool. I'm trying to this. I was doing it yesterday. Yeah. So, so yeah, nice. Awesome. Yeah. So that, I think that was like the first good like guitarized um, riff I, I wrote. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I like a lot of the riffs and like the new songs that I'm working on right now. Um, yeah. I'm sure it's hard to just pick one. It's hard to pick one. Yeah. We have so many riffs. Yeah. I guess I'll say the cups and rappers riff. Nice. Um, Nice. Just to, to have an answer. And then my favorite lyric. That also is is really tough i'm right now i feel very proud of the lyrics in one of my newer songs called how you did that because they just kind of uh just came from the heart really fast like i didn't spend a lot of time writing them down they just kind of like 
came to me right away. Yeah. Yeah. It's always really special when that happens. Um, Yeah. We'll we'll go with those. Awesome. And he actually, I'm going to toss one more in here that he actually asked was, I know that we kind of talked about gear Mm -hmm. for quite a bit here, but he said, what was the last piece of gear you bought off Craigslist? Mm, um, it's been a while since I've bought in gear from Craigslist. Um, I feel like we were on a tear back in the day. Oh like boy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, um, used to kind of have a problem. I remember when I interviewed you seven years ago on the blog. Um, I think I had asked a pretty similar question or like, what was your favorite thing to do or I don't, while you're on the road and just like, Hey, checking out what's on Craigslist on other towns or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely was on there all the time back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I honestly can't remember the last thing that I bought off Craigslist, but I am this week. I have, uh, um, something set up. I'm going to buy, um, a piece of gear from a, a friend. Uh, Very nice. Let's see. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess it's, Yuma, right? what's that? You don't have to drive out. to Yuma. Uh, No, no, it's in Phoenix. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm picking up a, uh, a Roland JC 55 amplifier. Very nice. Just like the, the small, series. yeah. The small version of the jazz chorus with the two eight inch speakers. That yeah, is great. I'm really excited. I yeah. I, in Seattle, I, for a while had a like a JC 77, which is the 210 version that I bought from my friend Che. And I sold it back to Che before I moved. But I would kind of run that uh, in tandem with my Super Reverb and really, that sounds beautiful. really like that sound. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. solid state, you know, even if you have a little course dialed in or however you had it, you know, just a great mm-hmm. great addition. Yeah. So yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm excited to have two amps again. Hey. Um, yeah. I can't wait to see that in action. And you know what? I'm actually going to kind of add to this Craigslist question. I'm going to okay. say, what's the last non-musical purchase you made on Craigslist? I think that this will help unveil some more of the real Tristan. Hmm. <laughs> let's see. One musical thing. Um. I don't know. I was looking at some patio patio furniture today. That's nice. that'll probably be the next thing that we buy on Craigslist. Hey, well, it's a beautiful so, time of the year now. That is yeah. going to have it. Yeah, I honestly haven't been like buying that much stuff lately. I've been, yeah, I don't know. Just haven't been doing a whole lot, I guess. Well, no more Craigslist questions here. We're going to get into a character that I know is near and dear to your heart. All right. Katie from Portland asks, Garfield is to lasagna <laughs> and Tristan is to blank. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, let's see. Yeah, okay. So Garfield is to lasagna. He loves lasagna. Um, <laughs> it's, let's see. Burritos, I guess. Nice. Yeah. What type of burrito? Um, let's see. Lately, I've been on a big just egg and bean kick. Just egg and bean, and and, uh, and and red salsa. That's kind of like been my go-to lately. You um, actually 
yeah. introduced me to a burrito one time i was on tour and you had made breakfast and it was a soy riso burrito oh it was my first time i ever had soy riso oh really cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure it was i mean this was like yeah. 10 years ago or right, something right um yeah your burrito sounds amazing i i feel like maybe that's something i want tomorrow morning yeah it's good <laughs> but you know also i love just like a veggie burrito i love a chili riano burrito um but you know i'm a vegetarian so it kind of limits my options but um those three are always good so if yeah if i had my way i would i would probably eat a burrito every day great well, <laughs> question here okay this is from an anonymous fan if garfield played basketball what position would he play hmm um power forward oh wow that but that... like old school power forward you know kind of lumbering um you know just kind of like you know i i feel like our field would be in the mid-range you know he'd be like just like shooting bank shots he'd be just like going for rebounds but like you know pretty slow you know like he wouldn't be able to like you know defend at uh like a modern nba level <laughs> <laughs> or he wouldn't want to you know because garfield is very apathetic apathetic you know, so. he, he would probably get benched pretty you know pretty quickly well i love that yeah jay from flagstaff asks if you still hand out headshots <laughs> i personally have to ask what the heck is a headshot oh a headshot is like uh you know it's like a like a nice photograph of yourself. Oh, um, oh okay. yeah. Cool. Like you, you actually had a headshot like that you had and you gave it to somebody. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I, I started doing this, um, when I went on a tour with, um, my friend's bands. Well, yeah, a, a band with my friends called Dr. Dinosaur, um, a Tucson based band that I used to play in, um when it rain. yeah it was logan and tim and ray i would live in phoenix I, I i lived in phoenix and i would drive down you know for shows and practices and stuff and um uh, i'm not sure if uh, i i should say this but we may or may not be getting the old band back together but uh anyway so we went on a tour i think it was 2010 and i was very broke and i really couldn't afford to go on tour but i you know i did and um, just uh, like a way, an idea, I, an idea I had to like make extra like Taco Bell money was to um, sell autographed headshots of myself. I had, um, uh, you know, my friend Aaron, who was my girlfriend at the time, take my photo holding a couple drumsticks, and I, um, you know, printed printed it out and autographed it, and then. Um, uh, our friend uh, Anthony Pointer um, gave us, like, t taught us how to um, scam free copies from Staples, which I'm not sure if you can still do that anymore. But anyway, I, you know, was able to, like, just make, like, 100 copies of, of this or whatever. And I took it on tour and 
would sell them for a dollar a piece. And um, yeah, it was just a way to, you know, have some extra, you know, chip money and stuff. So, but, you know, so I, I just, you know, still have so many of these. Um, so, it, it, you know, it's an easy present. It's an easy gift. It's, it's, uh, have some? yeah, I still have a lot of them. So, Wonderful. I yeah. like one. Okay. Yeah. I'll send you one. <laughs> okay. Well, I love that story. About that. <laughs> yeah. first, I wasn't sure like if it was like a head, I, I wasn't sure, but now I'm glad you clarify that. Yeah. Photography headshots. We've got two more random fan questions. We, I had a bunch of these, so um, do have to thank all the fans for participating. Yeah. Uh, but two more here. Mike from El Paso asks, what's the worst meal you've ever eaten on tour? Oh boy. Worst meal I've ever had on tour. That's a great question. Um, Oh, it was probably some like rest stop Taco Bell in like, I don't know, Arkansas. <laughs> I really don't know, but we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> this, is one, this is something I'm actually going to add on. And um, you've toured way more than I ever have. But I actually just thought of this question right now. This isn't part of the random fan questions. Okay. I just thought of this. Have you ever had to not play a show due to not like feeling well? Like, you know, being on the road, like, oh, you had the flu. It was like so crazy. Oh. Like that, you know, know, obviously outside of any sort of like maybe family emergencies, things like that. I'm talking about like, hey, like, I don't know, like you ate something really bad and you were, you know, had diarrhea or something. (laughs) Yeah, you know, no, yeah, I've been really fortunate to not uh, have to cancel a show due to, yeah, getting sick or at least not on tour. Yeah, no, yeah, I've been able to, been able to play everything. So, yeah. Well, Knock on wood. open to the future that it stays that way as well. You know, whenever, whenever that will happen. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I, I recently accepted like, you know, it's going to be like 2022. I don't think it'll happen next year, which is such a trip, but cause I, I, uh, this is the first year. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. This is the first year that I haven't gone on at least one tour since 2006. Yeah, I mean, it's such a trip for me. <laughs> that's yeah, because it's part of um, I don't say that the mechanics of your I, don't, I was gonna say like well being, but the mechanics of I won't say your living or your life because that's now I'm just predetermined. He's like, Tristan's got to be on tour right. every year. No, but yeah, it's a, you know it's it's been a, a huge part of my life and my identity. Yeah, yeah because so. I one of my last interviews I was talking with uh, Dylan, a full of hell, and he was just like. I'm 30 right now. And, you know, for the past 12, 13 years or whatever it was, I've been on tour, you know, a couple Mm -hmm. of months at least out of the year. And this is the first time I've, I haven't been. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of people are sharing that same sentiment. It's something that like a piece has kind of been pulled away because like you had said, I mean, it's interesting that you said 2022 because obviously spikes are coming back yeah. up and obviously I'm not a political COVID podcast or anything like that, but Hey, the numbers are the numbers and, and it's, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to grasp like when 
when everyone's gonna be able to be able to be in a room and just kind of enjoy live music. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Hey, well, hopefully at some point it happens soon. I'm sure yeah. it will, but let me see here. We've got another random fan question. A Claire Slattery <laughs> friend of mine from Phoenix. Oh, yeah. asks, what is your most favorite thing about each place you've lived? Phoenix, Seattle, you know, and Tucson. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, and also um, Flagstaff. I, I, I lived in Flagstaff for about six months before moving to Seattle. Yeah. Well, let's toss that one in there too. Okay. Uh, let's see. Favorite. What was it favorite part of? What was the question? Um, just, I would say like a favorite thing about each place okay. that you've lived. So Yeah. Well, Phoenix. Um, let's see. My favorite thing about Phoenix. Um, my friends that live there. Um, let's see. Um, it's, it's so different now. Obviously, you know, it's like changed a lot um, since I've moved. Um it's always kind of changing. Um, I'll say, uh, I'm going to say a few things that are just jumping out to me. You know, um, my friends that live there in Canto Park, uh, cheese and stuff on Central and Camelback, and um, Oregon Stop Pizza. <laughs> hey, and then I've got some places <laughs> to go to now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Flagstaff, I would say, let's see, the Aspen trees, um, the Ponderosa Pines, um, Fire Creek Coffee, Martin's Breakfast Palace, um, Cottage House. Um, oh, Cottage House is such a cool place to play at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Seattle, um, Ravenna Park. Magic Lanes, um, TNT Taqueria. We'll give them another shout out. I love that place. <laughs> the Vera Project. Um, let's see here in Tucson. Um, Gates Pass. Um, you know the uh, creosote bushes. Um, especially after being rained on. Yeah. Oh yeah. So nice. Um, let's see. Desert spoon, uh, mesquite trees, um, St. Mary's Mexican food, um, exo roast, uh, groundworks. My friends knew, um, all ages music nonprofit. Yeah. So, yeah well definitely a bunch of great yeah. spots mm -hmm. thanks for taking time out of that to <laughs> these random questions I love it yeah
So getting back into talking about music. Okay. What was your first introduction to playing music? I know you've played in a long list of bands out of Phoenix, your mm-hmm. hometown. But when did you first, let's say, like pick up a guitar or, you know, I don't even know if that was your first instrument, but, you know, what was the first time where, you know, music kind of struck a, uh, I guess, uh, a chord with you? In <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Okay. So piano was my first instrument. I oh, interesting. St- okay. Yeah. Yeah. I started taking piano lessons when I was, I want to say like seven or eight years old and took lessons for four or five years. Um, let's see. I learned, I started learning the drums when I was around 13 or 14, maybe. The drums were before the guitar? Drums were before guitar, yeah. I learned them um, to play with my brother. Um, we uh, Each of our first bands were together, uh, our band Haunted Cologne which was um, kind of like a polka punk band. Uh, when it started, he plays the accordion and uh, guitar. And we were very influenced by like Weird Al and um, They Might Be Giants and the Lawrence Wilk Show and The Clash and The Who and bands like that. And we would just, you know, play covers in the living room um together and then make up our own like song parodies and make up our own songs um and that band existed for a few years before we were able to play a show um so yeah yeah so i learned drums to play with andrew my brother and um shortly after started learning guitar um he helped me learn guitar so wonderful hey I love that because I didn't know that I instinctually I thought guitar was your first instrument. I know that you've played drums and diners and yeah. you know, played drums in a bunch of bands and just have played in a long list of bands. Mm-hmm. But um, hey, well, the piano and the piano came out on your most recent album. Were you the one playing the piano? Um, I played a little piano. Yeah, I think... Um... Because there were some keys, right? Yeah, there were. Yeah, yeah. I think Bill played some piano as well. Malia might have played some piano. Um, but yeah, I played some and um, did some like synthy stuff too. Hey, well, I know you had mentioned some bands um, while you were playing in the living room, or just some mm-hmm. bands that you're kind of modeling yourselves after mm-hmm. the Clash, or hey, uh, yeah. they might be giants, but. You know, what were some other bands growing up that totally just got you amped up about music and life and maybe perhaps into pursuing, I don't say a career as a musician, but as, you know, wanting to make music. Yeah. yeah wanting yeah. to make music. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. Weird Al and They Might Be Giants were, were big ones for my brother and I. Um, uh, Pearl Jam. <laughs> Pearl Jam was my first concert, and one of my first CDs was 10. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I loved grunge growing up. So Nirvana, Pearl Jam, um, Alice in Chains, and then, like, grunge-adjacent bands, like Veruca Assault. They weren't from Seattle, but they were kind of of that time. Um, Pixies. Uh, I was a big Bob Dylan fan, Simon and Garfunkel. Um 
I also loved metal and new metal. I love, you know, Metallica and Megadeth. System of a Down. I was a huge System of a Down fan. Corn. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, just bands like that. What about even singer-songwriters? doesn't have to be like Bob Dylan, even though I know you had just... Oh, I got really into that, like, Iron and Wine kind of thing, too. Like, you know, um, like, I loved Iron and Wine and Nick Drake and Sufjan Stevens. And um, and then that kind of led to, uh, like, make, like, Magnolia Electric Company, Songs Ohio, you know, Jason Molina stuff, Bonnie Prince Billy. When you were starting you know, planning to, when you started uh, Gilmore Girls, because that's, I believe, the first, first name that you kind of coined yourself as. Is that correct? No, Ugga came before that. Ugga came before that. So upon creating Ugga who were some of those artists that you were kind of modeling yourself after? Yeah, yeah. um, Those kind of like, like folky artists that I was just mentioning. Um, Bonnie Prince Billy and Jason Molina were... Were, were big ones. Um, uh, let's see. Um, I really liked uh, like Thanksgiving and Mount Erie and microphones, stuff like that as well. Jason Anderson, who's become a, like a like a good friend, and um, and honestly, like like a lot of people in the Phoenix scene around me at the time, like um, like Sean from AJJ. Uh, I've always admired Sean's songwriting. Um, Steven Steinbrink, um, uh, Teague Cullen, um, who, who played his foot ox. Um, uh, and then like later on when I met Tyler, like Tyler's songwriting has always been very inspiring to me too. So yeah, honestly, like the, the Phoenix music scene and like just the DIY scene that I got to know through you know, trunk space and being able to like book sh- shows through there and through other places was like probably the most influential thing for me more so than like, yeah. Yeah. I love that you mentioned, you know, the artists that you grew up with and even are friends with, because mm-hmm. I've, um, de- I'm definitely a, a Tyler fan, mm-hmm. a diner fan. I've had him on the show here. I had the pleasure of uh, filling in on one show and just amazing songwriting. I know that on when I first interviewed you seven years ago, mm-hmm. I think I had tossed in a diner's question there, and you had said that you met Tyler on MySpace. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, it's just super cool that you guys have obviously he's played in Dog Breath, played in diners, and just really, really wonderful jams that have kind of come to bloom out of, I don't yeah. even know where I'm going with it. Just, just meeting up and just jamming. It's a you really know? special friends, uh, a friendship, you know, um, music kind of brought us together and, um, our friendship is just kind of like, I don't know. I, yeah, I feel so, so lucky that, um, Tyler is in my life and has been in my life. Um, and that we've been able to collaborate and, you know, just kind of uh, grow together. Yeah. Love it. Well, I'm glad you guys met each other, and I'm glad I know you both. <laughs> Up to right now, in the age of 2020, 
what have some of your favorite albums been that have come out this year? Ooh, or maybe not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe this just year. anything that you're just like jamming heavily, you know, during this weird time. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Um, well, obviously Tyler's new record uh, came out kind of right as the pandemic started. Um, yeah, leisure. but yeah, love leisure world. Um, I still need to go out to that uh, community in Mesa. Yeah, shout out to leisure world. Yeah, take a photo in front of that globe. Yeah. Um, let's see. I love the uh, the Trace Mountains record that came out this year. Um, I've been getting pretty into uh, Mark Hollis, who is the person behind the band Talk Talk. Um, but I've just kind of gotten into his solo record. I think it's just self-titled Mark Hollis, but it's a really beautiful record. Um, yeah, I feel like I've just kind of been gravitating towards just a lot of comfort albums, you know, just like stuff that I am really familiar with and just always feels good to listen to like fighting by thin Lizzy. Um, I love so many thin Lizzy records, but that one right now is kind of my current favorite. Honestly, some of the, I'll say dueling guitar damage um, that I've seen even, you know, back to sentimental health with Tyler and second home and just various jams. When I would see you guys live, I'd be like, dang, that's some thin Lizzie punkage. <laughs> I could kind of totally see the, some of that influence a little bit, especially with the mesmerizing licks, to be honest. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, hundred percent just ripping off the Lindsay for sure. <laughs> no question. You're doing a great job. At <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, let's see what else. Uh, Skull's example by dear Nora is on pretty heavy rotation in my world as well. Um, you did a cover of theirs. Did you not? Yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. 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 For like a Katie Davidson tribute compilation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh-huh. Jogging my memory back there, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, love doing around. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, a lot of uh, Arthur Russell, a lot of um, Miracle Legion, um, the album Drenched. I play all the time. Um, early REM, like Life's Rich Pageant. Play that a lot. So, yeah, just stuff that I, you know, just kind of. Stuff that makes me feel good. Oh, uh, I also should mention, um, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass, specifically their song Spanish Flea. Nice, nice. I I have one album of theirs. I'm going to pull it out. Is it the whipped cream one? Uh, is it what? The whipped cream one? I don't know. I don't know, but I know that I have one. I don't. I don't even know how many albums. Herb Alpert has as far as with that. I think a lot, but I don't really know. It sounds so familiar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, well, <laughs> definitely going to pull out that album that I have of Herb Alpert's and uh, uh, I'll probably be texting you a little later tonight. Hell yeah. Well, don't want to breach into any sort of secrets that you may have. Um, but at this moment, is Dog Breath currently your only musical project right now? Out and about? No, it's not. Um currently working on uh some other uh music with friends here in tucson um so you got a band name 
Or unless you're not able to disclose that. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a secret. Um, well, it might be. I don't really know. Folks will just have to stay tuned. But, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. Is, <laughs> I was about to say, hey, when can we catch you guys live? Um, but um, any sort of recordings or anything, maybe potentially in the future? Yeah, um, working on some some new recordings, um, kind of as we speak. Just kind of taking taking my time with it. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, so I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, I can't wait for it to be done. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about dog breath here, you started dog breath in 2010, if I'm not mistaken. That's about so right, yeah, it's a decade anniversary. Congrats! Wow, thank you. <laughs> I know you've said that the longevity at times has kind of lent itself to being able to adapt and have different members play in the band when needed. Yeah. You kind of gave a sports team analogy on your interview with the KEXP where you kind of oh, mentioned yeah. you could bring people up off the bench, off the bench. When or totally. you just need someone to go on tour with or yeah. your starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you right now kind of reconfiguring your team? Now you've changed your location. Are you more focused right now with the new project you're doing with some more stuff and keeping dog breath to, how can I say it, mainly being singer-songwriter? You're just you kind of, how can I say it, laying out the groundwork for what's to come in the future? Or, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of wondering where you're at. Um, yeah, so, I mean, let's see. I guess, yeah, you know, reconfiguring figuring out who's in the starting lineup and, you know, who's on the bench. Um, let's see. I am like on the recordings. I am collaborating with uh, my good friend, L El Murta, who played drums and dog breath for a while. Um, back when I lived in Phoenix. Um, so it feels really good to be playing with her. There's kind of that like link, you know, um, it's, you know, to like, prior iterations of the band so but yeah i i don't know i'm just kind of you know we're just kind of working on like making recordings right now and everything is just so up in the air in terms of like when shows can happen you know so having a rock band right now just feels like almost like it's just kind of like a concept you know (laughs) like a like like an like an imaginary thing or like, you know, it can only just, or it, you know, it just exists in theory. <laughs> so, um, so I don't know. I'm trying not to think about that too much right now. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of like taking it one, one thing at a time. Right now I'm just having fun songwriting and working on, um, you know, taking our time with recordings. Well, one question do have you kind of elaborated a little bit more just due to the time that we're living in but how has 2020 affected you as a musician not trying to obviously tug too much on the darker times in life right now but Mm -hmm. is i mean would you say that you feel you've written more or has it bogged you down i know everyone has kind of taken it differently right or you're just kind of one step you know one step at a time just seeing where kind of leads you yeah um I don't know if I'm writing more than I would be otherwise, honestly. I like wrote an album, but I kind of just write in bursts anyway. 
So like, do you have like a separate album of material right now? Yeah. Yeah. I have a whole, like, well, yeah, like I have a record written, you know, ready to go like, yeah, like 14 or 15 songs or something. And I didn't write all of them like, like during, you know, like, like since the pandemic, like some of them, sure. you know, like um, I started writing before then, actually a few of them I started writing like seven or eight years ago. I like, it's funny how that works yeah, out. Huh? Yeah, like I found an old email draft that had like lyrics in them um, that I that I totally forgotten about. So, yeah. so that's fun. Yeah, um, but I honestly like I you know haven't stopped working that much. Like I wasn't really able to get on unemployment, so I've kind of just been like doing different jobs kind of this whole time. So I have been like pretty busy. But yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely been just very weird to not be able to play shows. Um, but I'm just trying to still be creative. Um, and I've gotten really into making sauerkraut. Oh. It's not really music related, but, um, you're going to have to treat me to some one day. I'd love to. Yeah. If, uh, yeah. Fermentation is really fun. It has been uh, like a, like a fun thing to get into, sauerkraut and like uh, kimchi and things like that. Hey, you're <laughs> making me salivate already. <laughs> On the topic of, of playing shows here, I actually pulled a question from the blog interview I did with you over seven years ago. And this question made me chuckle. Okay. Uh, not of what exactly happened um, to you while you're playing, just because it was so bizarre. So I'm going to read it exactly as I had kind of um, asked. So back, this is back in 2013. Quotations here. Okay. I read an interview that you did two years ago where you said that one of your worst shows was in Austin. <laughs> and that metalhead started throwing beer cans and throwing folded lawn chairs at you guys. Jokingly, you said to the audience that you had once been pulled over and you said you had a Morbid Angel CD in your car and that got you off the hook. <laughs> and I said, any weird hostile shows since that? Hey, well, since then... Uh, we don't have to get into any sort of weird or negative territory, but what's one of the most memorable dog brush shows that comes to mind that you've ever played? Oh, a really great one, or you yeah. know, tough. I mean, that one sounds kind of a tough one too. <laughs> those funny story ones, but yeah, our last show in Phoenix felt very memorable. Um, it, uh, it was, uh, let's see. It. yeah, you were there, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, I was at the Rebel Lounge and um, we played with Roar. And Fox Bodies and Closet Goth, and felt really special. It was a great turnout. Um, I felt like we sounded really good. Yeah, just a bunch of old friends came out. It was just one of those shows that was um, felt very overwhelming for me because it's just like you know you want to just like catch up with so many people, but you just can't. You know, there's just not enough time, and it's just just hard. But uh, that was really fun. Let's see. Um, oh, you know, um, been able to just play so many, so many cool shows with Dog Breath. I feel so grateful. Um, uh, you know, got to play. Um, oh, also our, our 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 record release in Seattle. I think at, near the beginning of that tour. And you, you uh, it was the Black Lodge. Um, which is a great. Is that right next to the VR project? No, it's I saw you. right next to uh, Victory Lounge. 
victory lounge. Yeah. Victory lounge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that show felt really special too. Yeah. So those are the ones that are jumping out to me right now, but there have been so many. Hey, well more to come. Uh, when, sure when hope shows so. are able I can't to- wait. Well, one thing we've, I've touched on a little bit more and you're going to probably be like, Chris, why are you asking me the same damn thing every single time? <laughs> I'm going to be asking here just because I'm sure the fans tuning in are dying to hear an answer to this um, is, you know, what are the future plans for dog breath? I know that it really depends on a lot of uncontrollable factors yeah, in environment. Right. And I know you've got an album. Is this something where, um, you know, hopefully by next year or, um, what are you thinking as far as, I mean, this is actually, I think even with running a band, are you maybe wanting to hold off on putting an album until you're actually able to tour it? Or what's kind of your, um, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on it exactly? You know, because I feel like right now, even as a musician myself, it's like, well, hey, I really want to put out stuff, but is it the right time right now? Or do you hold right. off? Or do you yeah. try to put stuff out to be relevant? Like, what what do you do? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I- I think about that a lot um, and uh, get very, I don't know. I tend to overthink a lot. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, um, yeah, I, uh, right now I'm just trying to not put the, the card in front of the horse, you know, like I, I, I don't know how long it's going to take to make the next album. Cause I'm just kind of doing it bit by bit. Um, yeah. So like, part of me wants to you know put out music as soon as i can the other part is like oh i should wait until i can tour with it you know yeah i don't know i'm just gonna i guess just cross that bridge when i get to it because i really don't know the answer you recently put out one last year i mean this entire year feels like a blur it sure does so the grand scheme of things yeah um your album is still very fresh and new yeah um yeah i don't know i think i just want to keep writing songs and making albums that's all i ever want to do so i love that equation and i definitely have to ask how do you think returning back to the desert changes the equation whether it's playing music or even just life oh um i don't know um i guess we'll see you know it's just it's so hard to so hard to predict, you know, like what the future holds, but you know, I know there's a lot of really talented um, friends and musicians here that hopefully I'll be able to collaborate with. Um, I feel like really inspired just by Arizona in general. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Um, Definitely feel very driven to continue to make music. So, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, we'll see. Like, you know, as you get older and, and I don't know, it, like it, it, it seems like it's maybe harder to convince people to take time off and go on tour when you're not really making any money, <laughs> you know? So it's like, um, I don't really know what, like, if we'll be able to just keep, like, touring for weeks and weeks and months and months like we used to, but. We'll see. You know, I think music's always going to be a part of my life. And, um, you know, uh, we'll just see. I don't know. Just, yeah. Well, I can't wait for whatever you're creating, whether it's the new band 
or it's dog breath related. In the meantime, I've got plenty of your albums. I'm just so glad we were able to to catch up here. So, uh, you know, before we wrap up here, I do want to say just thank you so much for taking the time out of your afternoon to do this. And hey, all ears are on you. Is there anything you'd like to say, uh, Tristan, before we sign off here? Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, Chris. This was really fun. Um, and uh, no, I don't know. I just uh, hope everyone is like staying safe and taking care of themselves. Um, these are just really weird intense times and hope everyone is like prioritizing their own uh mental well-being and self-care um yeah hang in there you know and um fuck the police (laughs) i'll say i'll throw that in there too (laughs) hey well i can't wait to hang out with you hell yeah i think the next time we hang out we should just sit six feet apart from each other with our amps behind us and just let them feed back. Let's do it. That and sounds great. That's, what we'll do. that's how we'll spend our <laughs> afternoon. Cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, Tristan. Hey, well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. And hey, I can't wait for that sauerkraut and that kimchi. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be waiting for that. Right, right on. Hell yeah, Chris. Yeah, we'll, uh, we could be eating some kimchi just while our <laughs> amps are feedback. We got to take care of our gut, you know. <laughs> got to get that gut health on exactly hey well tristan thanks so much okay oh yeah thank you chris we'll talk to you later i love you love you too man bye well there you have it there's my interview with tristan such a lovable fun kind-hearted person i've known him for a long time and i always have enjoyed every single time our paths have crossed this time it was on the digital airwaves as i've said before I am a breath head for life. We talked music, amps, basketball, tacos. Jeez, I mean, I love all of these things. What a dream. Also, we touched on some other serious topics, and maybe they resonated with you. Again, these are some wild times that we're living in, so I hope everyone is taking care of themselves out there. As always, thanks for tuning in. You can go to interviewswithchris.com for any previous material or go on any major platform where you can hear a podcast. If you like what you're hearing, then subscribe and give some positive feedback. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbors, tell your coworkers, tell whoever you want. Thanks again, everybody, and I'll see you next time.